0: The AMA Moving Medicine podcast highlights innovation and emerging issues that impact physicians and patients today. I'm your host, Todd Unger, Chief Experience Officer at the AMA. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's Moving Medicine video and podcast. Today, we're talking with Dr. Gerald Harmon, AMA's president and a family medicine specialist in Pawleys Island, South Carolina, about the importance of patients returning to care and how physicians can play a key role in making sure that that message is heard. I'm Todd Linger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Well, hey, Dr. Harmon, thanks for joining us today. It's great to talk to you. Um, this return to care message is something the AMA has been communicating uh, to patients for a number of months now. But as you stated in your uh, recent viewpoint, uh, don't socially distance from your doctor is the message we really need to hammer home? Um, can you give some specifics about, you know, how big of a problem are we talking about in terms of postponing care?
1: Todd, you, you I appreciate the opportunity to, to broadcast this message to my patient and all patients in, uh, in the in the country. This is critically important, you know. Even in the midst of the pandemic, none of our chronic diseases took the time off. None of them said, okay, it's a COVID pandemic. I won't bother the, the patients. I'll, I'll let my blood pressure be okay, my diabetes and COPD and cancer screenings. I'm okay with delaying that. Now, all those diseases were just as active during the pandemic as the as ever, so we have to address those chronic diseases. What we have to do, we have statistics, Todd, that show that 30% of folks delayed are deferred access to care during the COVID pandemic. And these are seriously ill chronic conditions that need to be seen.
0: And it's kind of that saying, you know, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water uh, thing, we got the Delta variant now to contend with. Are you seeing that complicate matters further?
1: Well, we are to some degree. It does having to take care of the COVID resurgence secondary to the Delta variant in, in many areas that are a little bit more at risk than others has diverted some resources. It has, because we had basically some resources that couldn't be met right after the COVID pandemic. We geared up and made our offices and hospitals open. Then we'd have to re-divert to take care of the acute COVID crunch. Our local hospital system, I, I noticed that six weeks ago, we had four inpatients with COVID. Today, we have 43. So substantial influx of COVID that may divert resources. However, that doesn't divert the patients. Those patients need to get care for their chronic diseases. All these hospitals are still open to vis- business as are your doctor's offices.
0: Well, you mentioned a pretty big number, about 30% uh, there in terms of uh, patients deferring, ex- uh, deferring care for chronic conditions. Do you have any other kind of numbers or statistics you want to share that paint the picture of how serious this problem
1: is? Yeah, I do. These is pretty serious numbers. Uh, I would tell you that we, we know that from statistics that we have 26 million fewer vaccinations and vaccinations are things that we're pushing other than COVID vaccinations, measles vaccines, pneumonia shots, flu vaccinations, chronic pediatric and adolescent vaccinations, meningitis vaccines, all these things that protect us from getting serious, if not fatal diseases. So we're down 26 million vaccinations over 2020. That's an impressive number that can have a huge consequence down line.
0: Any other uh, types of uh, statistics uh, in terms of uh, those delays? And, you know, when you think about it, what's what does that mean that's coming in the future?
1: Well, and, and these are scary numbers. I mean, look in this AMA studies and, we've, and, and the, the peer-reviewed literature shows that 40% of Americans have delayed cancer screenings or delayed access for routine cancer surveillance. So we know because of this number, there's going to be some, downstream consequences of delayed diagnosis and screening for cancer. And and, uh, these numbers are pretty scary. Just looking at two types of cancer, colorectal and breast cancer. Some impressive numbers there. Predictions, according to uh, AMA studies and and medical literature, is that we might have 10,000 deaths this year that we would not have had. And these 10,000 deaths that we might see in this year because of delayed uh, or our deferred screening or surveillance for cancer will have consequences because as these individuals, not only will they have a fatal outcome, they're gonna re- require more resources and attention. Their families are gonna be put to risk. They're gonna have the, all the, the medical care need leading up that will eventually perhaps not make it so that they'll have a fatal disease progression, unfortunately. Just we, to emphasize again, you cannot take a, a vacation or a break from chronic maintenance of diseases and doctor visits.
0: Well, that is just an enormous number. Um, Are you finding that there are uh, any groups that are uh, disproportionately affected by this?
1: Well, unfortunately, we knew we were already in the reality of uh, lack of health equity and some um, poor results, health outcomes among communities of care. Black patients and Hispanic patients were particularly more at risk than white patients were for chronic diseases such as diabetes, lung disease, uh, hypertension, heart trouble. And yeah, we have unfortunately seen that now that in the COVID pandemic, for various reasons, black patients were less able and reported being less able to, uh, to see doctors for their chronic conditions. And so they sought less care Perhaps for a, a, a number of reasons, either inability to get there, fear of getting the disease, maybe being sick, closed offices, deferred opportunities. It, it, that's a, a scary statistic, too. So, marginalized communities of color have been more at risk to start with and, and now have been impacted more seriously by the COVID pandemic.
0: Mm, that's a kind of a, a double impact uh, of a, a, a case or of a, a situation that was already. Uh, uh, bad to begin with. Um, you mentioned earlier, you talked about different kinds of cancer and the incre- uh, issues that we saw there. Uh, one of the things we're also seeing is that more than half of adults with mental health conditions are delaying care since the pandemic started. You know, that's got to have pretty serious implications too.
1: Well, Todd, it does. And it it's one of those things that it, 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 it just seems to be piling on. You're exactly right. The behavioral health, and the mental health disorders. Now, the good, if there is any good news, the uh, a little bit of a, a bright news is that we found that we could do more telehealth, particularly in the realm of behavioral health and mental health issues. So we had an increase in telehealth utilization for psychiatric, for me- behavioral health, and mental health disorders. But that still wasn't the same of actually getting is actually getting treatment and getting more hands-on and in-person treatment. So that um, it is a, a substantial. Uh, gap that we've seen expanded. And and of course, we we know that patients experience more behavioral health and mental health disorders, such as depression and anxiety, because they're worried about the pandemic. They're worried about getting sick. They're worried about their family members. They're worried about the economic outcomes. Are they going to lose their job or they can't go to work? Uh, Some are able, some uh, offices are able to continue work in a telehealth environment, but folks that have to do frontline work, utility workers, maintenance workers, construction workers, doctors, uh, healthcare workers have to be on the front lines. Sometimes our work didn't allow us to take a break from COVID. And we then were put more at risk for exposing ourselves and collect and getting COVID. So that's, there's a lot of anxiety there too. We, uh, we really are uh, understaffed in in behavioral health and sciences like that. So we, we have to seek uh, opportunities to get,
0: To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Well, given the extent of this problem, which as you've outlined, is really serious on so many dimensions, you know, what can a physician do to make sure that this idea of return to care is being heard by their patients?
1: Well, what we need to do as doctors is what a lot of doctors have done in the pandemic we have emphasized that we are open for business we're open for your health for the patient's health we took early on in the pandemic we took responsive measures we have hand washing available we maintain social distancing we arranged our lobbies and our waiting areas so that we had every other chair or every other seat covered and protected just as you saw in public events with decreased uh, seating uh, capacity we have safe in our care type campaigns. we we'll wear wear masks even throughout the, the, the brief t- uh, interlude with thank goodness we had when we first had a, a bit of a break and we started relaxing some of the social restrictions and the mask wearing in public, things like that. When we became responsive and more highly immunized, thank goodness we got the vaccines. So we did all that. And we're still doing that now in the offices. Doctors are doing that in and, and our offices locally we're we have mass signs up. We ask you to put a mask on when you come in the, uh, on the grounds at the facility. All of our staff and caretakers are wearing masks all the time. We have uh, hand-washing sanitizers in every available opportunity. We wear protective equipment when we engage with patients. We do symptom checking at every entrance. We might ask if you've been exposed to COVID. We'll ask you if you have any congestion or symptoms so that we're screening as it were. We've limited visits visitors in some of our inpatient facilities or ambulatory care facilities just to decrease the patient flow and uh, non-patient care flow. But we're still open for full-up business. Mm-hmm. And the message is we and doctors need to give to those patients is you are safe to give your chronic non-COVID care to us and still maintain health overall.
0: That's a very important message. Well, uh, just to finish it up, you know, what can the AMA do uh, to make sure this message is heard?
1: What we need to do First off is to tell people how safe, how available, how efficacious, and how beneficial is the vaccine to protect you from COVID so that you can reduce some of these stresses that you have. The mental health issues, the anxiety, the depression, the deferred care and delay, we really need to continue to be that trusted source of care for the safety, efficacy, and availability of this incredibly effective vaccine. Talk to your doctor. We as doctors need to get out in the public airways to make sure we lead by example. Again, you know, 97 percent of doctors have taken the opportunity to get vaccinated. Ninety seven percent. That's an A plus in almost any testing facility that you can do. If the doctors think it's this safe, we need to make sure we make sure our patients, our families, our public understands if we're stepping up to get it, they ought to be getting it, too.
0: Well, Dr. Harmon, uh, you know, back to your original statement: don't socially distance from your doctor. So many repercussions of delaying this kind of chronic care. Thanks for everything that you and your colleagues are doing to get people back to getting the care they need. Uh, That's it for today's Moving Medicine podcast. We'll be back with another segment shortly. You can join us for future episodes of Moving Medicine by subscribing at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Please take care. I'm Todd Unger, and this has been Moving Medicine, a podcast by the American Medical Association. You can subscribe to Moving Medicine and other great AMA podcasts anywhere you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org
1: podcasts. Thank you for listening.